0: Welcome. It's time to elevate your consciousness and tune in. This is Mastermind with your host, Dr. Rebecca. This show is about possibilities. If you're successful, ready, and highly motivated to make the necessary changes in your life, we'll provide the tools, direction, and encouragement to help you along the way. Now, here is Dr. Rebecca. Welcome
1: back to Mastermind. I'm your host, Dr. Rebecca. and. Today, we have Dr. Manny St. Victor back with us. You might remember him. He's been on a couple of times. We've talked about finding our superpower. We've talked about the hero's journey. And just to remind you, Dr. St. Victor is a business and life transformational guru for doctors, speakers, performance artists, and coaches of all genres. His unique methods help his clients to design their personal lives with more free time, greater earnings, and effective work-life integration. He is highly niched by choice, collecting the most effective methods, even if they bend or break the rules. His transformational program is for thinkers without filters, for instinctive doers and people who will both approach the edge and step off of the edge. Dr. Manny is a Harvard-trained physician, a visionary leader, and co-author of the Amazon best-selling Thinking About Quitting Medicine series. He is also a hypnomusician specializing in trance-inducing and state-changing hypnotic music. His work is available on all major music platforms. A true polymath, he's brought much-needed science to the fuzzy world of self-improvement, and he's equally at ease with everyone from billionaires to to button-throat singers. So, Dr. Manny, welcome back to Mastermind.
2: Oh, I'm an honor to be back, Rebecca. Dr. Rebecca, thank you for having me.
1: No problem. So I know we like to talk about the hero's journey and finding our superpowers, and I understand um, today I, I really want to talk more, um, talk about something that's more personal to you, and that's your transformational program that you offer uh, for people who are really, really ready to transform their lives.
2: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so how, how do I jump in? Essentially... My program uh, is a collection of things that have worked for me, and the reason that I chose that approach is because you'll hear of a lot of things that would work if a person could do it, and uh, over the years, I've found that there's a lot of things, there are a lot of things that uh, people have had success with that either because I didn't believe in it, or I didn't uh, believe that I could either go through the process, or that the process would ultimately give me the outcomes, you know, I didn't have the expectation and confidence dancing it. I just didn't do it. Or it just sucked when I tried to do it, you know? So uh, what I wanted to do was uh, collect the tools that gave impactful, rapid change, Uh, whether it's hypnosis, meditation, yoga, music, video games, just all the tools that allow someone to be like, oh, I felt that work. Mm -hmm. And to continue each day to feel just enough benefit, enough growth, enough change uh, to get that sense of achievement, fulfillment, and to continue. So sustainability through uh, a sense of progress, a sense of momentum.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you said that, I thought about momentum, too. Because um, when people see results, no matter how small, then that makes them um, want to move forward and keep doing um, what they've been told to do. And a lot of times, setting the intention is very, very important. Um, in addition to setting the intention that people need to see results almost immediately, even if they're small, to let them know that they're moving in the right direction. So, yeah, because, maybe,
2: I mean, fire together, wire together.
1: Right. Yeah. Right. And, and, and I like your point, too, that a lot of times people are told to do things that, in theory, seem like they should work or they will work, um, and the person, I think, intellectually believes that they will work, but on a deeper level, they must not because they don't do <laughs> what, you know, it sounds good. And they end up not doing all the good stuff that they heard, that, you know, that was supposed to work. And so, um, yeah. address that issue first. So, why do I hear, uh, why do I start something and it sounds good and it makes perfect sense um, and it seems to resonate with me and then I just never open the box?
2: Well, with me, first of all, if I read something that it has or sounds too complex, the level of investment will have me going sour grapes. Um, I have an extensive history, like going way back to childhood, of anxiety, and I've had several bouts of major depressive disorder where I've been shut down, where the achievement for the day was to raise my head. Mm. And once I did raise my head, to not spend the next two hours thinking hateful things about myself. Yeah, simple, simple things that no one wants to talk about. And so it's impolite to mention them on the box. You know, it can't say it on the tin. But with me, it was like I needed to know that these are the things that were being addressed. I needed to know that ultimately it wouldn't be that something would have me look successful yet feeling hollow. Because I've already done the success that impresses other people. That doesn't help me when I'm alone in suffering and suffering in a pain that I've created for myself.
1: So this seems like a program that's more, um, it helps me be more integri- in integrity with myself and my, my values, my beliefs, not just like kind of, like you said, hollow, just changing habits just to change them or to look good for other people. But I will actually feel more in tune with who my true self is
2: beyond feeling more in tune you'll be more in tune and what happens when you're more in tune yeah is that the negative self-talk fades the negative self-talk fades because you're listening to yourself you're trusting yourself and as such the different uh elements of you don't feel like they have to yell to get attention from the rest of your system for example uh when i say when i go to uh, the store i'm going to pick up three items i don't have to worry that when i get to the store something's going to trigger me and I'm going to buy five items or to give you a more down to earth example, a lot of us will develop habits like I'm going to be productive for the, for the first four. And on the way to work, something mildly triggers you by the time you hit the door, something piggybacks on that. And by nine 30 in the morning, you're sitting at your desk pissed off and ineffective. (laughs) You know, that, that that's the story that when, when you believe that that is your pattern, way of uh, planning the night before, uh, when it's important to plan a productive day and sleep well so you can have a productive day, part of you kind of distrusts you. And as such, you know you may stay up late worrying about the fact that you had a bad day today and tomorrow is going to be a continuation of that. You, 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 may, you may stay awake all night worrying about how tomorrow's performance is going to be bad in, in, a, in a more uncertain way. All these different ways that we self-sabotage and ultimately create a self-fulfilling, disempowering prophecy and narrative that we then feel stuck in and Mm -hmm. resentful about and creating this sort of imposter syndrome where the inside doesn't match the outside. Mm -hmm. So my goal, it was and continues to be, to show really, really bright people, really powerful, ambitious, and passionate people how to make those, those feelings something that they trust and believe in themselves to, um, to be a, a signal, more of a guidance than, than a cross to bear uh, as a, a representation of future unfulfilled dreams.
1: Wow. <laughs> okay, so let's start. Let's start at the beginning. Let's start.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> There's a lot to dig into. So it looks like it has four steps. And um, the first step has to do just with centering and breathing. Can you talk mm-hmm. a little
2: bit about uh, just take us through that? Yeah. So s- breathing is at the core of everything because all day long you're breathing. When you're not, I promise you'll notice. You know, <laughs> um, once, once you decide to, ultimately, because a lot of times throughout the day, we take it for granted that we breathe and we breathe incorrectly, whether it's not getting enough of that expansion of your diaphragm to be getting a good lump full of refreshing, empowering air. Or holding your breath when someone faces you off and going hypoxic mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking mm-hmm. clinical hypoxic, but I'm talking about that, that feeling where your next breath you blurt out something with yelling and curse words, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. because you, you know, you kind of associate the discomfort of the scarcity of oxygen with uh the person, the situation, and you, you kind of imagine a threat. Yeah. You know, we we do that to ourselves. Yeah. Now, once you step inside your body and you start spreading With my program, I I like to do stuff in these little five-minute increments that you can run off and hide in a bathroom and do before an important meeting. Uh, You can go sit in your car and do. You could do on your way to work some of them. So with the breathing, you're breathing all day anyway. So what I invite you to do is to take five minutes and actually do what's called deliberate breathing, which is the most powerful way to change state. During those five minutes, you focus on nothing but the breathing, the sensation of the breathing in your body. Whether it's on your lip, um, in coming in your lungs, whether it's the physical expansion in your lungs, or whether if you can't feel any of those, you put your hand on your belly um, and you put your hands on your belly and you feel the rise and fall. Anything that you can do to bring a sensation to the breathing, to make you feel connected to your breath, and nothing else. When other thoughts come in, whether it's am I judgment uh, things from earlier in the day, thinking about things that are coming up you you acknowledge those thoughts so that your your subconscious doesn't feel ignored. But then you return to the breathing with the trust that since those thoughts were able to come forth in this moment, ultimately they will come up later on when they are more relevant.
0: Hmm. Hmm.
1: I like that. Six. So it's about um, grounding, you know, breathing correctly, and but also establishing trust uh, within myself.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. It's about reconnecting with your body and those signals. What often happens within that breathing is you get distracted. And when you get distracted, I like to use the acronym TIES, T-I-E-S. It's going to be thoughts that interrupt your focus of breathing. Impulses, the desire to pop up and go do something. Hey, let me close this door. Hey, let me, let me shake my leg. It's uh, an impulse. <laughs> e is emotions, an emotion will come up. It, it might be irrational, but it's just the emotion that your body squeezed out chemically in the moment, <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm angry. And what we often do is we follow up, I'm angry, with looking for a reason. Why am I angry? And then, then you, you ramp up the angry, when ultimately you can return to the breathing. And S is sensations. Sensation might be, okay, I'm noticing that the sheets are on my, on my legs. Um, you know, if I, I do a lot of my breathing lying, in, uh, lying on my back in bed, uh, comfortable, covered with a sheet, it just, or some people like a blanket, even with the AC on in the summer. But ultimately, we can get distracted by that and not return to the core thought, which is the breathing. It's the practice of returning to nothing but the breathing during those five minutes, which leads to this ability to focus on one thing, one concept, without any emotional baggage, without any uninvited other thoughts
1: and that that is a challenge in the beginning and it sounds simple and it sounds easy like oh I, all you have to do is breathe anyone who's ever done this and has done it consistently knows that in order to to breathe and not be distracted by thoughts for 5 whole minutes um is very gratifying and it it's it's, it's a challenge um it's significant so i i really i really hmm. advocate for that
2: yep. okay And what happens is, after a little bit of practice, you get to be where, when you go to do your five minutes of breathing, the things that come up become particularly meaningful. Happen to be things that you're like, you know, thank you, unconscious mind, for bringing that up, but not quite yet. You might jot it down and then return to the breathing. Right. Uh, But without the baggage, the thoughts get clearer because you develop a relationship with yourself where yourself is like, you know what? Tomorrow morning at 7 a.m., when his or her alarm goes off, you know, he, he she is going to listen, is going to truly take yeah. the time, create space to listen. And that's, that's what I call the centering part. That's week one.
1: And it seems like then that, from my experience, that makes the unconscious, the signal from the unconscious mind get stronger and stronger and stronger. Not only because, I mean, the mm-hmm. unconscious mind always talks to us. A lot of times we ignore it. Um, but we are kind of opening that channel so that it speaks louder. And then also we more, we listen more closely. So between the mm-hmm. two, um, we, we start to get insights, um, that we, we may not have ever gotten before.
2: Yep. And the insights from those five minutes day after day become insights through the rest of your day because your unconscious is now quieter. And as such, you trust your unconscious to not start or yell at you, <laughs> you know, less intrusive thoughts less thoughts that drag you down a dark alley in your mind because you're developing this practice. Yeah. You're, you're, you're service of intuition instead of using your intelligence in the service of ego.
1: Right. I like that. So, um, all right, so step one, we're being grounded we're learning to breathe, we're setting this intentional practice of every day, um, taking in five minute increments, whether it's one five minute episode or two or three, or whatever it is that we can, we can do to not only reset our nervous system but start to trust ourselves and open up to um, our unconscious and um, just really just just be grounded and set for the next three steps and so we have. We have about a minute left. Can you just tell us what the second step is? Everybody's really excited when we come back from break, and we'll talk more about yeah, that. Man. <laughs>
2: yeah, man. So once you're grounded, that's fantastic, but you also want to be centered. So the next three steps are three other five-minute exercises that you spread out throughout your day. Ideally, you do them closer to the morning so that you can appreciate them all day. But I like to imagine them like little, little emotion, mental-emotional tic-tacs. So, we get centered. How do we return to our purpose throughout the day? So that's what I'll be exploring on the other side
1: Mhm oh cool. And uh, just one comment about that is um it's always it's always possible to return and to reset. So people feel, you mentioned earlier about people by 930 feel like their whole day is wasted or the whole day is gone because they messed up or they got angry or they lost their temper whatever it is. But you can always, there are infinite opportunities to reset throughout the day. And knowing this, I feel like it's very empowering because then people don't give up on the whole day just because they made one mistake. So That being said, we are going to take a break here talking with Dr. Manny. Thank you for listening uh, to Mastermind, and we'll be right back after the break.
0: This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. Are you ready to move to your next level? Listen for Empowering Women, Transforming Lives with host Rebecca Hall Greider. Each show will focus on a central topic with discussion, guests, and your questions being featured. Our show is perfect for women who feel a call in their heart to step out in a bigger, more powerful way in their life and just need some encouragement, inspiration, and practical steps to support them on their journey. Empowering Women, Transforming Lives can be heard live every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time On the Voice America Influencers Channel. And join us for a replay of the show on Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We hear it and read about it every day in the news.
1: America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy?
0: You are listening to Mastermind with Dr. Rebecca. To reach out to us during the live show, please call in to 1866-472-5795. Again, that's 1866-472-5795, or you can send an email to Dr. Huey at lifthealing.com. Now, back to Mastermind.
1: And welcome back to Mastermind. I'm your host, Dr. Rebecca, and we are continuing this conversation with Dr. Manny about his transformational program um, that allows us to be more in line, more in within integrity within ourselves, and to go forward uh, more empowered human beings because of it. And in the first. Step we talked about was grounding. So using breathing as a means to ground ourselves. And the second step, as we mentioned, right before the break is centering. So Dr. Manny, can you tell us a little bit more about the difference between being grounded and being centered and how you help us to become centered?
2: Sure. Uh, being grounded is all about returning to a quiet place. Uh, and we said we were going, we, that we create a habit Of returning to the breath and nothing but the breath how the breath feels physiologically not the thoughts the breath brings up the uh, emotions the impulses that we feel when we settle with the breath we want just the breath and the healing that goes with every other representation in mind being quiet that's grounding now centering is when you deliberately then turn and activate the things in your life that are most meaningful so I like to begin with my centering. I, I say mind, body, being, and business, and give each of these five minutes a piece. Uh, and I prefer to do them back to back because then it allows me to practice what's called task switching, which is a skill that uh, in your working memory, the part of your mind that you experience as your consciousness. Being able to switch from task to task allows you to uh, use less energy um, and be less frustrated when people distract you and so on. So being centered, mind, body, being, and business. Mind was the five minutes of breathing that we've already done. By this point, we've made this a habit. Mm -hmm. So body is about gratitude. uh, And I like to have my clients start from toes and work the way up the head. Uh, And doing doing this in the shower is good because it keeps you from sitting in the shower uh, by yourself, ruminating, or making yourself angry about what has happened in the past or what is about to happen when you get out of the shower. Instead, let's use that time for gratitude, okay? So gratitude for body, you start at your toes, and you don't have to be scientifically correct about this. You just want to say to yourself, I'm grateful for my toes for helping balance me. I'm grateful for my heels because I've been on them all day and they, you know, they've been good to me, or yesterday I was on them and they're not sore. Just, it's a conversation with yourself where instead of doing any self-criticism in the shower or thinking about other stuff, you deliberately choose the direction of your thoughts, you continue to center. You center around gratitude. Working your way up, you're grateful for your knees because they've been bending even if they creak sometimes. You know, you're grateful for your thighs, you're, you're grateful for all uh, your reproductive parts, uh, you're grateful for your abdomen, you're grateful for your lower back. Even if you have some pain in those parts, in that moment, it's an opportunity to lovingly notice things about yourself that may have been covered up by self-criticism. You know, it might be that you don't think about your back because um, you've created a story about it where, oh, my back is just an excuse not to do the work. You might have taken in a cultural story or the story that someone else fed you every time you expressed something about your back pain to the point of self neglect. You work all the way up. I'm grateful for my neck. I'm grateful for my jaws. I'm grateful for, you know, to chew food. I'm grateful for my tongue, for speaking. And it just, it just, whatever comes to mind in that positive gratitude frame is what you're looking to retrieve. That's body. Being is five minutes a day. You want to take some time and honor your relationships. You want to think about, there's three, three categories of relationship that I like to think of. One category is relationships with your higher power. Uh, this is whether you think in terms of God, the universe, or whether you're a math model person. You know, if you believe you live in a simulation, then you're happy the simulation has not deleted you yet. You know <laughs> I mean, you, you, want, you want to have that level of gratitude that relationship is important uh, it's, it's an opportunity to ask yourself what you believe your higher power is about you or, or if you even believe your higher power has emotions, energy it's just what's your truth around that? you want to touch base on that every day and when you give it attention, it evolves. The next step is also within being is your relationship with your loved ones, your closest people. Uh, Opportunity in that day to realize, hey, I love this person. Why haven't I reached out to them? Oh, because I owed him a couple bucks. Because last time I spoke to them, I said something extra clever, and I don't know what to say to undo the cleverness. You know, it's just being real with yourself about, yeah, you got to be real with yourself about what you're carrying around every day. If you had an argument yesterday with someone, and the last thing you said to them was something fresh, uh, and you're carrying, and you're one of those people that has a belief that you should have a positive relationship with folks in case they get in the You know, some people carry that story. What if I'm mad at this person and then they have a heart attack? You know, what if I'm mad at this person and they go off and uh, build a different relationship with someone? This is a boyfriend-girlfriend situation. What if in the midst of me holding my big mad, you know, they decide that someone else is treating them better? You know, this is the reality of it. When you love people, you want to be deliberate in the decisions you make engaging with them every day. Third part is your relationship with yourself. If you love yourself. Then, how are you feeding yourself? How are you exercising? How are you listening to the pains in your body? How are you sleeping? Uh, How are you resting? How are you relaxing? How are you doing recreation? All these things are part of these relationships that when we turn attention to, we get to note how we're handling these things. How are we loving others? How are we loving whatever higher power it is that we believe is keeping all of this together? So that's that's centering. You do that in the morning. And what they found is that returning to these these are your core values. These are vectors for your values. Mm -hmm. Touching base with what you value every morning means that those ideas are more accessible throughout the day. Mm -hmm. Throughout the day when you're talking to that person, it feels a little out of integrity. If you're cussing them out fantastic, just this morning you were reviewing how you had told yourself you were going to cuss them out fantastic less often, if ever. (laughs) You know, if you, as soon as you see them, they trigger you into finishing what you had meant to say to win the argument, then you'll be like, Huh, this morning I told myself I wouldn't do that. Okay, well, you're doing it. Observe that without judgment, but be aware. You know, yeah. maybe it's something as simple as sending you a text and being like, Hey, man, it looks like every time we're face to face, I'm coming out the mouth liver. I, I, this moment is getting the best of me. What I really meant to say was, you know, mm-hmm.
1: It takes a lot of courage, and, and like you said, yeah. setting that, um, in reminding ourselves every day of what our intentions are, and um, a phrase you used earlier, which I really like, was intentionally choosing our thoughts, um, which which a lot of times mm-hmm. we don't do. We let other people choose our thoughts, or we get triggered, um, and we don't intentionally every morning sit down and do this centering where um, we we choose an intention for every part of our being. We we go through a, a gratitude we um, we are very, very intentional about the direction of, of where we're going to go for the day, not only physically, which is kind of easy, but mentally as well. Um, so that when that person, you know, tries to trigger us uh, or unintentionally does, Um, we remind ourselves of our values and say, no, I said I was not going to, I knew this was going to happen. I saw this, you know, I visualized this. I knew what was going to happen and I intentionally made a different choice this morning and I'm going to honor that choice.
2: Yep. Yep. And and a lot of times honoring that choice is being honest with yourself enough to observe that you're doing the BS that is the opposite. Yeah. Sometimes you, you can't just you can't you can't throw the car and park if you've been flooring it. If you have a habit of every day around noon going ninety miles an hour in your negativity, there's gonna be a few days where all you're gonna do is be a passenger, less than the person flooring it. You're like, oh wow, there's a part of me that really likes to go zero to hundred. Yeah, yeah. You know? And the honesty in that moment, it's not about oh I'm gonna stop suddenly. That's a lie. You're not gonna stop suddenly because you're getting something out of it. Step back. Be honest with yourself about how powerful it feels, the rush you get, uh, and the fact that you may be scared that if you go to a more vulnerable position, this person may take advantage of it and not only not reciprocate with kindness for your kindness and vulnerability, but eviscerate you. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're not sending people out to the world to be stupid or to be doormats. <laughs> we're sending them out to be uh, highly functional, adaptive, and agile. Right. And that actually leads right into part three, uh, which is uh, dealing with dysfunctional people, mm-hmm. dysfunctional relationships, and dysfunctional re- interactions.
1: That's perfect. Okay, let's talk about that. Yeah. That's, that's something we all deal with that uh, yeah, right. it becomes the biggest challenge to all these nice intentions that we set in the morning.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, you could say you're going to do whatever you want in the day in, in privacy alone in the dark. But the second you get out in the real world, everyone has other intentions. And ultimately, most people who are around you, when uh, when you're making change and when you're growing and when you're raising your vibration, as we say in the industry, when you're raising your frequency, that's when they notice how much of the self-definition was based on keeping you down or keeping you in a certain way of being.
1: People don't you like it. And ultimately. as um, you're saying they don't like, they, they notice it and they don't like it?
2: Yeah. They they might not notice on a conscious level, but when they come through to get their freebie self-enhancement at your expense, you know, when they come through with the misery loves company, and you no longer want to be their company in their (laughs) self-loathing, you know, when you no longer want to join their pity party, you become solution-oriented, when you become clear in your goal direction, you know, when you no longer want to deal with people's microaggression to their passive aggressiveness, then they're going to raise it. And it's important to recognize when people are doing that and that have specific strategies in place. So again, you're not an autopilot. And at the very least, if you are an autopilot, you're not, you're not you know having a scorched earth event as far as your progress. OK. Yeah. So I break that down. I use uh, Cartman's Drama Triangle, uh, which is victim, villain, and hero. And I won't go all the way deep into it because of the limitations of time. But these are three positions that we unconsciously go into when we don't have a good. Can you repeat those? Things again? are going to go badly. We, Victim, villain, and hero. Okay. And this is not a hero like hero, a good growing hero. This is the hero that comes through and rescues people so that they don't develop a sense of autonomy and so that you get the feeling like you're, you're important to people. But at the same time, you're not teaching a man to fish you know, or a woman to fish to not be gender weird. Um, um you're not teaching a person to fish instead you're just letting them know how good you are at fishing and your willingness under the right circumstances to allow them to eat a little bit of what you got okay you know you're not growing the person you're you're coming through um and it's a little self-serving at times because it lets you feel you know right. um, more righteous than more powerful than whatever
1: feeds my ego in, the, in that way yeah <clears throat> yeah
2: and the villain is basically a, either a persecutor or a tyrant Uh, You become a villain when uh, the persecutor is someone who takes joy out of blaming other people for stuff that really, they don't feel super confident about themselves. And as such, they're always looking for other people doing it worse. So if someone sees you're about to, uh, you're you're dedicated to becoming your, your better self, and one of the things that they depended on you sucking at, they see you improving through some really focused, deliberate, dedicated practice. Then part of what they're going to want to do is point out to you that you still suck, mhm, you know, yeah, or they might you know if you if the thing you're working on right now is 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 uh say a drinking habit, they might make you feel extra bad for not joining them at the bar yeah. you know the, this is when friends are like, "Oh, come on, this round's on me, yeah, uh, you're like, uh oh, you going to pay my bills when i when I get fired from the job too <laughs> <laughs> you know how, how how much does this round cover you <laughs> know <laughs> You know, does this round cover the DUI? Does this round cover the divorce? You know, uh, ultimately you have people who are in this dance of maladaptiveness as a cluster. And when you go to lead that tribe, there's a sense of betrayal because, you know, if one of the guys in your team is growing up, this is almost another one is when when dudes get married and and, and the crew that they used to hang out with and do reckless stuff with, you know, dudes be like, oh, so you're not going to hang out with us no more? bro? I'm married. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> Literally it means I'm not having this argument with my wife on a nightly basis to sit around with you guys and look for trouble. That's this is maturation. You know, you 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 attract yourself you connect yourself to a different tribe, you take on a different role, and you have different ways of measuring your value. So people are gonna remind you that you have lost value in that tribe, in that in that whatever game it is that you used to play. Wow. Yeah. And then the victim, it's the person who it, one of the positions, the victim position is, you know, I wasn't going to drink, but he bought around and I felt bad turning it down. Did you feel as bad turning it down as you feel spending the night in jail and explaining that to your child? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you feel as bad turning it down as, as you do explaining to your wife why you made a bad on your way home? Yeah. It's, it's a, it, you know, if you miss your child's soccer practice, you feel as bad turning down. Like your, your boss asks you to stay late for work. Yeah, and you're like, I I I had to stay because he asked me. Did did you have to stay because he asked you? Because you don't deliver the level of work that you have leverage to be like. No, I'll come in and do it early tomorrow because I am a good employee and I know you can't afford to lose me. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Okay. So they're all about leverage. Okay, so just to recap, because we have about a minute left, so these are the three Mm -hmm. positions that we tend to go to: victim. hero, or villain, and each one yes. of these take, has with it its own type of leverage that, that's leveraged over um, another person, and these are kind of like mm-hmm. ego defenses? Mm-hmm.
2: They are ego defenses. They're ways of, of giving, but also allowing someone else to take the blame.
1: Okay. All right. So and then that is step three of your program. So we've gone through step one, um, which was the grounding. Now we've done the centering and this would be described as what?
2: Step three. Step three is recognizing when someone has knocked you out of integrity, off center, out of character, depending on what language you like to use, out of alignment. OK, it's, it's all the past to know that you're disconnected from your purpose.
1: And almost, too, like threats to centering. So once we've centered, these are the threats to, that are, are trying to knock us off center, too. Um, and mm-hmm. so when we come back, we will, uh, we'll talk about step four, and then we'll do some just chatting and wrap up. And um, we'll also tell you how to uh, work with Dr. Manny on a regular basis with all this great stuff and, um, and to um, work through some of our own challenges. So you're listening to Mastermind, and we'll see you after the break.
0: change starts here change starts now join us the voice america influencers channel if you want to join the ranks of the influencers you've got to think like an influencer how about joining one of the top influencers in the world leonard kim for grow your influence tree leonard and his guests discuss the topics that aspiring influencers need to know from brand building to getting yourself published and growing your audience There's a bunch of fun and even some twists involved to keep you on your toes. You just have to listen every Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers Channel. channel
2: your favorite voice america talk radio network shows and hosts are in your car outdoors and wherever you need them to be
0: listen anywhere
2: get our mobile app for iphone blackberry or android at the apple itunes app store blackberry app world or android market
0: we don't follow we leave join us the voice america influencers channel You are listening to Mastermind with Dr. Rebecca. To reach out to us during the live show, please call in to 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or you can send an email to Dr. Huey at lifthealing.com. Now, back to Mastermind.
1: And welcome back to Mastermind. This is your host, Dr. Rebecca, and I'm here with Dr. Manny. We're talking about his transformational program. Um, Talked about the four steps, grounding, centering, and then um, also the drama triangle, which helps us to be more integrity with who we are. And the fourth and final step we're going to talk about now, which um, Dr. Manny, this is the, the four horsemen model can you yep. tell us a little bit more about what what that means
2: yep now once you've done the work with the drama triangle uh and you move beyond projecting your power onto other people and letting them take away your power what you'll notice is that your intuition and your quieter self starts to emerge as you're listening to your your inner self you'll notice that the language sometimes takes on a certain character uh this is the opportunity to mold your intuition and become more in alignment and more powerful with the language and the action. Uh, so with the four horsemen, I like to tell people to imagine that you're facing north, uh, and if you like a visual, imagine that you're, off, you're, you're huge, you're standing on top of this globe, and you know, you're looking like basically this pike on top of the globe, and you're facing north. See, the north is the north horseman, the horseman of the north, which is forward, which is the future. And so in the future, if you're trying to rush to the future, you get one of two things, you get worry, or anticipation, Uh, and it's kind of anticipation that may pull you forward if you don't leverage it right, okay? So that's two ways you can get yanked from the present into the future, neither of which is your most powerful state for action. Secondly, you have behind you to the south is the horseman that yanks you into the past. This is criticism, and in other cases, it's nostalgia. Both of those cases, you're not present. You can be caught in how things used to be and you're underperforming now because you're not here with us, or you can let something someone said in the past or someone who is talking to you in the present because they're not able to appreciate your current value and continues to um, remind you of your past worth as they perceive it, let that disempower you so you perform poorly in the moment. So that's, that's in front of you and that's behind you. Now to the left is the horseman of victimhood. And I like to say that the drama triangle, which we discussed the week before, an example of victimhood when you feel as if you're telling yourself a story where you've given away your power your ability to choose your ability to create when you've created an, an external locus of control in like literature instead of an internal locus of control then you're in the victim side on the left you're afraid of being left out so to the west mm-hmm. now to the right to the east is perfectionism I like to remind my, my clients that the need to feel like you're always right and everything has to be paralyzing and disempowering in its own way, and that's perfectionism to the right. If you're in perfectionism, you're not present. You're not looking at what needs to be done. You're not looking at the level of emotional and and energetic investment that actually will get you the results. This can take shape of writing an email, overwriting an email, when just a uh, uh, thank you, I'll be there at noon, or please send me the documents I need. If you're spending 30 minutes writing it so that you can think about the power dynamics, think about how the person's going to read it, think about the grammar, think about how they're going to interpret it, and you send the email late, and now the next thing you're supposed to go on to, you come to it exhausted, defeated, and you've pulled up your whole childhood to write a brief email, then, then you're not present. You're exhausted. You know, we don't have that much willpower. You know, one of the characteristics of humans is we have, like, light bulb amount of willpower, once you've lost the willpower, you're doing the right things, you can easily be a victim to triggering by the environment. So be aware of when you're present in your natural, honest state, when you're in integrity. Anytime you find yourself knocked into one of these positions of these four horsemen, we you find yourself stuck in the future and worrying that you won't be enough for something in the future, instead of staying present to prepare in a patient way, When you find yourself stuck in the past thinking about how something went bad every other time, instead of being focused on the feedback that the environment is giving you now. When you find yourself in victim stories about how people always do you wrong, and how this always happens to you, and how people are pulling their weight, and instead of being assertive and communicating clearly about the truth that is now. When you find yourself overdoing stuff and afraid to close a loop because you're not ready to process the feedback, none of those is being present. Mm -hmm. The four horsemen is more subtle than the drama triangle because this is stuff that goes on inside. This is the way you've moved beyond projecting things onto other people. Mm -hmm. And yet here's this other set of stuff inside that's keeping you held back. When you're ready to face that, the four horsemen provides you with the powerful tools to do that.
1: And, and also I want to point out to people that the the feel good part of this. So we talked about, you know, the future and and worry in the past with, you know, um, regret, but, but there's also that future mm-hmm. that still pulls us out of the present, which is anticipation, yep. excitement in yep. the past, which is nostalgia. And those seem like the good thing mm-hmm. because they give us feel good, that feel good sensation, but they still are knocking us out of the present moment
2: where most of where, yeah. where
1: all of our power to act are.
2: Yeah. Yeah. If you get caught up in anticipation, uh, there's, uh, work, on uh, Goldwitzer does a lot of good work, G-O-L-W-I-T-Z-E-R, I think. He does a lot of work around, uh, he calls it the Rubicon, action states. And if you get caught in the future, there's the concept of where you're over here celebrating something that has already happened, and you, um, whether it's vicarious goal satiation where you watch someone on TV and how much fun they had with something and you pretend it's you and you're not doing the work. <laughs> or, or you just you get caught up in daydreaming instead of being present.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it becomes this, this inact a way to be uh, to feel good and still not act. Um, so we mm-hmm. feel guilty about as guilty about being lazy or not acting because we have these uh, in our mind. You know, we've accomplished this thing. Now let me ask you this: So how does this differ from? And I'm going to take you. Um, I hope this. It makes makes sense as a question but how does this differ from anticipate like visualization um in order to create a desired outcome so um because that's something that's important so if i want to yeah. you know have a certain accomplishment i will sit and visualize and imagine how that accomplishment feels um so that um so i can create it in real life so how, how do how does that yeah. job what you just told us
2: that goes back to the, uh, to using your mind and your skills in the service of ego versus the service of intuition. If you're doing it deliberately, where you have a set of intentions and your visualization is about the intentions uh, and you're creating foresight, you're like, I'm going to enjoy these things when I have these contexts, these cues, I will be prepared to take these steps, I will be prepared to take these actions, that feels good. And ultimately, it's a good feeling that you won't end up later regretting because the feeling that you chose to go into it intentionally, and as such, you're more able to snap back into the present as opposed to if, if you're going to the future and as a way of hiding from the present, then you go into the realm of what they call spiritual bypassing, you know, where this is when people are reciting verses and stuff to you instead of doing the work in front of you. You know, and they, the the verses feel fantastic. I mean, sure, that's in the Bible or whichever book you use. Sure, that that is what he said in "Thinking we Rich." But can you go ahead and move those eight boxes, please? <laughs> I need you to move those eight boxes because that's how we're going to get done. If you remember that when we rehearsed, we said that at eight p.m. you would move these eight boxes, and that should get you an endorphin cascade and a sense of achievement if you would get your head out of the class.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that yes. And with the
2: nostalgia, which is Go ahead. Yeah. And with the nostalgia, it's the same thing as when you when you a lot of times you hear people be like, Back in my day. So when you look at the past, the purpose of looking in the past is not to stay there. The purpose of looking at the past is so that you can grab the lessons, you can learn what mistakes you made, you can get better outcomes. Yeah. And as long as as long as you're in the past and it's interfering with the present then mm-hmm. it's not serving you. It's maladaptive.
1: Right. Right. So it's a, it's, it basically it's the sense of control that makes the difference. It's the intentionality, again, intentionally choosing our thoughts and saying, I'm going to go visit the past for this specific purpose and I'm going to bring these lessons back with me. Um, but my goal is yeah. to come back to the present or I'm going to go into the future to um, imagine and anticipate what I want my life to look like. And then I'm going to bring that feeling back to the present and hold it with me while I'll actually do the work to bring this about. I'm not just daydreaming. Yep.
2: Yep. Ultimately, it's all about being deliberate and intentional. This is willpower. This is focus. If you feel as if all day long thoughts are coming up involuntarily, then there's a, there's a loss of confidence and loss of self-efficacy. They say that you bring the wrong resources. You bring a knife to a gunfight, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, the second you move into the realm of voluntary memory retrieval, even if you make a mistake, you can say to yourself, hey, I pulled up the wrong mental model. Hey, I overreacted to the situation. Let me adjust. By being present, you can do that. By being volitional, by being deliberate, you could be like, hey, when I don't get enough sleep, I tend to be impulsive, as opposed to I'm impulsive and I hate myself, <laughs> you know? And I'm, I'm, I'm exaggerating for effect, but honestly, if you listen to how people... Like, we'll let the self-talk spiral. They'll be like, I'm impulsive. I do that all the time. I'm so stupid. I'll never get this. And you're like, wow, that escalated quick. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and ultimately, this is, when people say, I can't focus, what they're essentially telling you is that they haven't taken the time to practice basic, basic skills all of the time. Keep those circuits active all of the time. You practice the fundamentals. My goal with this program was to point you to the fundamentals and See see what BS you have around them that keep you from doing the fundamental basic practice. You know. Ask yourself why you're taking two big bites. Ask yourself why you're letting your emotion be controlled from the outside. Ask yourself why every day you, you're either afraid or reluctant to check on check in with your purpose and to do an honest assessment of where you are relative to that.
1: Yeah. And people expect I feel like we expect perfection or we expect results when we don't put in the effort and and that's um, sounds like what this program is teaching us to do is put the effort in. You know, we can ch- chastise ourselves about not being focused, or you're not not being in integrity, or or whatever it is. Uh, but we haven't set the intention to do so, and so we we get up mm-hmm. in the morning.
2: And we write, well, that's like you don't have measurable progress,
1: right? No measure, right no measurable progress. There's this um there's yeah. monk monk I like uh, Don Dapani, Don and he says, you know, we teach. All right, we tell our kids to focus or we're told to focus and no one's ever taught us how to focus. We practice distraction all day, every day with our phones, with our computers, with, you know, multiple conversations, texting, all this this stuff. We practice distraction day in and day out. Um, and then we get frustrated mm-hmm. or angry when, when we can't focus and we don't practice focus. And so it's this is this is to me. Uh, just an excellent opportunity, your program to start to practice focus and start to practice intention. Mm-hmm. And it's simple.
2: Yep. Yep. And you, then you get to the point of automaticity. You know, yeah. Automaticity is when you get into the context and your brain is like, Hey, here are the most relevant thoughts to think in this context group. Um, uh, guilt is not one of them. Shame is not one of them. Premature regret is not one of them. These are clean, crisp, empowering ideas. And guess what? Hey, I also have your your motor cortex primed for the most likely actions for this context. Yeah, I
1: and mean, yes, when you get to that point where it's automated, that it just it just feels so good. It feels like um, mm-hmm. is it, your your unconscious mind now has taken control of it. It's a uh, it's it's yeah. muscle memory, basically.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, if your mind is in the right state of action, right action, right time, um, then you're not all flexed up and tense, and then wondering why when you it's time to go move, your muscles are underperforming because you've been you've been holding them in this tight, rigid stasis. You know, the best place to move from. And even with high-performing athletes, they'll let you know that it's a relaxed focus. You know, it's a focus where no parts have electricity going through them, and when it's time to You know, move to the left. You move to the left the right amount for the representation because you're like, boom, you take off like a rocket, boom, and you land exactly where you need to. Then you know that you trust yourself to land in the right place. And as such, your right arm goes up to the right position because you assume through the trust that you're in the right place. The right arm goes up at the right angle uh, and you strike. Say you're playing tennis. I'm not a great tennis person, but for some reason, I'm imagining tennis. You know, Um, and you strike the ball at the right angle because you trust the right place you trusted your arm to be at the right angle you trusted the right amount of energy to be there so you're not over swatting you're not overcompensating with the lean because yesterday you did it wrong you are present in the moment for that which yeah. is happening and you will outshine any other competitor and you will you will reach your potential you will you will surpass your potential
1: and that sounds like a flow state so so basically we're getting to the point where we're in a state of, of natural flow with all of our actions yeah so we have a couple minutes left. Yeah, the
2: goal of the program is to train you for flow.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that. The goal of the program is to train you for flow. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so how can we, um, we have a couple more minutes left. Can you tell us how to find you? And, and um, if, if people want to, to start to work with you, how can we do that?
2: The most effective way to find me is on Facebook. Uh, people reach me there. I'm there most of the day. And if I'm not there, someone on my team is. So, you could go to uh, my Facebook account, my professional page is M A N I uh, Saint, S A I N T, V I C T O R, comma, M D. Okay. Yeah. And in addition, some people follow my personal page as well, uh, but that's mainly clients and part of my people of my tribe who, who want all day to be uh, getting memes because I share memes all day about, uh, basically staying in the right state of mind.
1: Yes. And I'll have to attest to these. They're great memes. So I appreciate that. It does. It'll, it'll um, put you right when you, when your thoughts have gone off, you can see one of those memes and you're, it, it, it's very encouraging. So I appreciate that. Thank so. you.
2: Yeah. The memes won't <laughs> let you lie to yourself. you will be like, it's funny because it's true. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right. So Manny St. Victor, A- M-A-N-I-S-A-I-N-T-V-I-C. T O R on Facebook. Um, reach out to MD on Facebook. MD,
2: excuse me. Um, yeah, the MD is the professional page.
1: Okay, all right, good. All right. So, any closing thoughts you want to share with us?
2: Well, I appreciate uh, everyone taking the time to um, join me through these ideas that have served me and my clients. And I look forward to working with people when they're ready. If if my system resonates with you and you're ready to really, really make change when you're ready, uh, I'm here.
1: All right, great. All right, Dr. Manuel, thank you for for being with us again. And to everybody else, we will see you again next week on Mastermind. Have a great day.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Mastermind. Please join Dr. Rebecca for another show next Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific time and 1 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Influencers channel. We'll talk again next week.